0: See ham on the track
1: My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Great weekend in sports coming up. I saw a somber night in sports from last night. I know a lot of you heard uh, the untimely passing of one of the, one of the crown jewels of sports and entertainment and also of of all humanity, Mr. Muhammad Ali uh, passed away last night at the age of 74 Due to complications from Parkinson's disease, and uh, my condolences goes out to his, to his wife and uh, to, to daughters and uh, and just to his family. Um, but I'll get I'll get more into uh, my Muhammad Ali story in just a little bit. But we're gonna jump into the data devotion into the devotional. Um, this one comes from. This one comes from Hebrews twelve twenty five to twenty nine. Um, goes like this: See to it that that you do not refuse him for who is speaking. For if those did not escape when he when they refused him, who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. <coughs> Excuse me. And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heaven. This expression yet once more denotes the removing of those which can be shaken as of created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. <coughs> Excuse me. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude, by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The Lord is always moving toward the climactic moment when the when this world will be replaced by a new heaven and earth. Toward that end, he strips away whatever counterfeit and ungodly from nations and individuals. According to the Bible, this process will accelerate, will accelerate as the last days near. God will remove everything unstable, so what remains will be the things that cannot be shaken. Believers have an unshakable dwelling place. When we first cho- chose to trust in the Savior, we were born into God's kingdom and and given a safe position referred to as being in in Christ Jesus. Outside forces can disrupt neither the kingdom nor the relationship. Even though life at times entails suffering and tribulation, the followers of the Lord are secure. For what power can stand against our sovereign Lord Jesus Christ? Everything that exists must submit to him. Even as wars rage, Injustice spreads and governments fail. He remains in absolute control. People are allowed to exercise wickedness so that the content of their hearts will be revealed, as will their great need for a savior. Even the most despicable tyrant has the opportunity to repent. But those who refuse grace will be destroyed along with everything else that violates God's perfect order. We live in unsettling times. The more conditions worsen, the easier it is to say why scripture refers to God as a consuming fire. He is burning up all that displeases him, and he will continue until the only ones who remain are the righteous who stand under the lordship of Christ and await his kingdom here on earth. Um, I don't know about y'all, but after a week that I've that that some of us have had some of us need to be shaken to the core. Like myself. I mean I I can honestly say that. I think some of us needs to be needs to be reminded of that daily. I'm one of those. I mean look around there's always that one person that you just wish they could just hear a message or a voice or something to shape them shape them to their to their core, make them better as a person. This, even though I'm not a perfect man, even though I'm not I'm not quite there yet as a Christ like person. I know that I'm also blessed to be a part of what God calls earth. So, that being said, we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back and we're going to talk Muhammad Ali. Welcome back to the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we talk about on the show is mostly sports related. But when you look at the look at what we do as a as a as a network, with the Live by Terrence network. We often are trying to uplift and trying to made the world a better place. And that's what Muhammad Ali tried to do. Um, He tried to do it through words. He tried to do it through, tried to do it through words. He tried to do it through, through what he loved most, which was boxing. I mean, this is a guy, I mean, you look at some of the fights that he's been in. um, I mean, the more memorable fights for me, the three fights he had with with Joe Frazier, where he he pretty much dominated Joe Frazier, you know, throughout the three fights, and now they're in heaven together, and they're and they're um they're probably going to end up having having an, another fifteen round fight up there, both of them up there in the Pearl of gates, talking to God, you know, all at the same time, but um you know. for me personally my my Muhammad Ali I actually got to meet Muhammad Ali um when I was when I was a little boy. Um my sister at the time was was a student at Fort Valley State University and uh he was the Grand Marshal for their homecoming parade and I got to take a picture with him. uh, and that was probably one of the coolest things that I, that I ever done. And this was before Parkinson's took away, you know, took away the voice, you know, and, um, he was still talking. He was still being the same, same Muhammad Ali that we all know and love. I mean, he said that he sparred with some of the kids and even sparred with me, you know, and sitting, sitting in his chair, um, even signed an autograph for me and i and I have no idea what that what those pictures in that autograph is I mean this is a guy who he did everything for anybody you know his philanthropic uh, efforts that you know throughout the the u n trying to promote peace and even even now trying even even preceding his death was trying to promote peace you know in the muslim countries you know talking to some of the radical muslims um, you know, in the, in the Middle East and trying to, you know, settle this peacefully, you know, uh, in, in a way. You don't you don't see that from, from many people like my like team anymore. You, don't, you won't ever see a guy who will tell you that he's going to win and go out in the desert. You'll never see the heart that, that Muhammad Ali has. You'll never see anybody with the quickness the attitude that he has because there was only one Muhammad Ali. You know, we look at boxing as a whole now. I look at combat sports as a whole. And I feel like looking at looking at boxing I think boxing just lost a big Piece of the bit piece of their prudential rock because he was always the steady, the steady ship. Always, you don't have those steady ships anymore. You have those guys who come and they go, don't have that great fighter right now. And no, Mayweather can never say he's the greatest because he'll never be the greatest. No, you pick and choose fighters. You pick and choose fights. Muhammad Ali, he lost five times because of of his, not because of what he brought to the table, but what the guy didn't have. But He had things that other people didn't have. He was the greatest because he made himself great. He wasn't always the most athletic, but the dude can dang sure dance though, couldn't he? You know, some of the some of the things that have, that have come across um come across Twitter and, and you read some of the you read some of the, the tweets that have come out. You know, Mike Tyson says God came for his champion. So long, great one. Goldie Taylor said, "Put a quote one of his one of his great quotes. If you ever dream about beating me, you, you better wake up and apologize." I remember when he said that. You know, George Foreman said, "Quote." Me and me and me and Muhammad were one person. Said part of part of the greatness is gone. This this is something that you just don't see. You don't hear. George Horman even further said, little did he know he'd be facing something greater than a boxer. Quote, he stood the test, took everything I had, and gave back worse. I loved the man. I wanted to beat him and knock him out, but I loved the man. Manny Pacquiao described Muhammad Ali as a giant. and benefited from Muhammad Ali's talents, but not as much as mankind benefited from his humanity. Amen and amen to that. Floyd Mayweather said, there will never be another Muhammad Ali. The black community around the world, black people around, around the world needed him. He was the voice for us. He was the force for me for to be where I'm at today. Frank Bruno said, "Inspiration, mentor, my friend, and earthly god of humanity. Simply the greatest." Amir Khan said, "RP, the greatest of all time." Joe Calzaghe probably said one of the most. One of, Paul McCartney said said this. Dear Muhammad Ali, I love that man. He was great from the first day we met him in Miami and on the numerous occasions when I ran into him over the years. Besides being the greatest boxer, he was a beautiful, gentle man with great sense of humor who would often pull a pack of cards out of his pocket, no matter how positive the occasion, and do a card trick for you. a lot of things that's been said about this man that's that been said over and over and over again. David Beckham wrote last night, impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power that they have to change it. Impossible is a fact. It's an opinion. Impossible is not a fact. an opinion. Impossible is not a declaration. It's a dare. Impossible is potential. Impossible is temporary. Impossible is nothing. That was a quote from Muhammad Ali that Beckham used in the tribute. So what does this tell you about the world that we live in right now? Things that Muhammad Ali have said has said 40, 50 in some cases 55 almost sixty years ago transcends what we are as a person as, as a people, not only white people, black people, but just all of humanity. when are some of these young kids going to realize. What greatness is what greatness was. Some people need to take heed to what they have special on their lives. Not just being wanna be a wanna be game banger, not just being a guy who who lives on the block. It's not what life is. It's not what life's all about. Life's about burning the world, giving back what you've learned from it, passing it from generation to generation. A lot of us didn't meet Muhammad Ali on that day in 1988, but I did. A lot of people didn't see what I saw at age seven. What seven year old do you know can say they remember the first time they ever met Muhammad they ever saw Muhammad Ali, ever saw anybody famous? Who can say that? But hey, maybe it's just me. We're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna jump into we're gonna jump into Into the NBA Finals, talk game one, talk game two. Also talk a little UFC in a little bit. Y'all stay tuned.
2: Nigga talk to you I just wanna talk
3: to you Girl, let me talk to you I just wanna talk to you I just wanna talk to you Yeah they Let me talk to you Baby looking good, rockin' red bottom Pussy so good, get your heart problems Flying to the stage, she ain't nothing like bitch She ain't love with me, got a not picture I'm for good, little lights on My love Do you Ever dream of making love to a rich nigga? I'm a right? This is the picture. Blame it on the lick, girl. I got a lick. You. you either land with me or you playing with me? In other words, baby, are you fucking with me? I just wanna know if you fucking with me. Let niggas know cause I really feel you. Got me on my zone, girl. What's up with you? I just wanna talk to your girl about the Top of water in my chain. I'm way, way cooler. I'm going to hide in the plant she never seen. Pull up in the shit she never seen. I just wanna talk to your girl in my chain.
4: Nothing like a little baby girl, let me talk to you Baby girl, let me talk to you Baby girl, let me talk to you I just wanna talk to you I just wanna talk to you Put your phone on a wall with me wall with I never phone with none of these lines Y'all a nigga really get it Y'all a nigga really get it G5 to the west side Rock got a nigga high I'm going to a you see the sky Girl, you ain't dabbing cause the not Damn. I just want to talk to you, girl, about the
3: truth. drop of water in my chain. Now I'm way, way cooler. I'm going to get you higher than the planet you ain't never seen. Pull up in the shit you ain't never seen. I just want to talk to you. Nothing like your lead baby girl. Let me talk to, you. talk to you. Smoking on some shit from the west side. I'm going to get you high than the east side. Bulling with the niggas on the right side. I'm type of nigga that'll keep right. Pull up at the red light. I'm going to drop the top of the hair right. She ain't nothing like no mother bitch. She fell in love with a real nigga All the drip got me fucking with her. Baby girl, no know I'm fine. I just wanna talk to you Girl, about to you. I just want to you I've wore Way, way cooler I'ma get you high in a place She never seen Full of things she never seen I just wanna talk to you Girl, let me talk to you Nothing like that, baby girl Let me talk
4: to you Baby girl, let me talk to you Baby girl, let me talk to you I just wanna talk to you I just wanna talk to but you, you. the wall with me I never fall with none of these lame Y'all a nigga really good Y'all nigga really good G5 to the west side One yeah. rock got a nigga, nigga high When I have a man you see the sky yeah. You really ain't dabbing cause I'm Damn.
3: Red bottom slippers, she my Cinderella Magic City G5, shout about whatever She focused by getting in that world about you bitches a vision on paper, no time for the haters Shots on deck, baby girl, turn up with me once you gon' turn up with me 95 check, got me ballin' like P.D. All in, my city, let's get it, we livin' We gon' make a move no mad name Kim K, Ray J Way before Kanye Send in my city, we fuckin' till Monday Put your phone down and walk with me Molly got McGee, want you talk to me Run a game like 2K But we look it a long, long way. way Talk to your girl about the future I wore them way, way cooler I'ma get you higher than the plan She never seen. Full
4: of business sheets you ain't never I just wanna talk to you, girl, let me talk to you Nothing like the last baby girl, let me talk to you Baby girl, let me talk to you Baby girl, let me talk to you I just wanna talk to you I just wanna talk to you I just, you. I just down the wall with, with me I never fall with none of these lines Young nigga really good young nigga really good G5 to the west side oh. Oh. Rock, got it, nigga, high oh. Brother, I'm a man, you see the sky oh. God. You're you really ain't dabbing cause I'm mad
1: Welcome back to the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Big shout out to my man Marquise Daniels, aka the real Q six. Also shout out to shout out to the young scoop. We definitely need to chop it up sometime. Have y'all back on the show, man. Also, uh, big big shout out to my man, to the man Cole Miller, who's uh, fighting on the undercard of, of UFC 199 tonight against Alex Casarios. So everybody knows him as Bruce Leroy. Uh, we'll talk about the fight card in a little in a, a little bit, but before we get into that, let's just go straight into Game One of <laughs> of the NBA Finals. Now. I, I will say this: What really shocked me in this game was the fact that you put Harrison Barnes in your starting lineup, and then you went to Harrison Barnes, and you played pretty much the high-low game pretty much the entire night. You got more bit, you got more, you got more in the paint points than you did three pointers in this game, which was. This was Absolutely, so much different than what they've done in the past. What they've done in the past any of the season. You know, you beat a Cleveland Cavaliers team by fifteen with basically your bench, basically guys off the bench. Andrew Bogut had a big night for Andrew Bogut's standards. You had a guy like Harrison Barnes have a big night. You had a guy like Sean Livingston have a big night. And it was your leading score with 18, with 20, I'm sorry, with 20 points. I mean, you. we look at we look at what what this team has done. We look at We look at what the Warriors done over the past week. You had Sean Livingston being your leading goal, leading, leading score. You had Barbosa being a Barbosa of oh, 11 points in eleven minutes. Festus gave you gave you a good ten minutes. Mario Spates gave you gave you a little bit of time. Brandon Rush gave you a little bit of time. Anderson Verizau gave you a little bit of time. Andre Godala probably played more off the bench. Him and Livingston played I mean, Iguodala played thirty six minutes and he was on the bench. Sean Livingston was your high was your high point getter and he played twenty seven he played twenty seven minutes and got twenty points. Clay Thompson was in foul trouble pretty much the entire night. So he only played twenty four minutes, got nine points. Steph Curry got eleven points. Twenty points between your two best players, your two your two shooting guards. How embarrassing is that in a sense? That basically your your core five starters And everybody that you played beforehand, you know, Richard Jefferson, Della Dova, Iman, gave you nothing. They gave you 10 points off the bench. Whereas you look at what the Warriors brought off off the bench, 45 points off the bench. 45 points off the bench. Something's gotta give somewhere. This is a must win game too, for, for Cleveland, I'll tell you why. This this right here, because the top two players on on the team didn't perform up to standard at all. They were poor. They were poor. They were they were non existent. But you got guys like Harrison Barnes who who started. You got guys like Draymond Green, Andrew Bogut, Steph Curry. The only starter that was not in double figures was Clay Thompson. I mean, but you had bench help. You had – how can I put it this way? Your bench is not as deep as the Warriors bench is. The way that the Warriors played game one was the way that I thought they would play. I thought the bench would come out and be very important. My man Tyrus even said he thought the bench was going to be important. I thought the bench for Cleveland would would be – I thought the factor in this game would be a guy like Tristan Thompson. On the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball because he can give you the, he can give you the fifteen footer he can give you the face up uh, shot he can give you he can give you you know post great post moves I thought he'd be the extractor for the Cleveland Cavaliers I thought a guy like I mean the guy I thought would be the extractor for for the Warriors actually came out to be probably the best player on the team that is probably the best player who could be... (laughs) I mean... You look at Sean Livingston, you look at what he's done. He was the extractor for me for the Warriors. His basketball IQ is that of a Harvard scientist or or something like that, or MIT graduate. I mean, in comparison... This is a guy who can read the game. Will probably be a great coach if he if he decides to go that route. I mean, this is how good Sean Livingston is. This is how good this this, this Warriors team is. Do I think they win game two? I think they win game two. I think that I mean, it is imperative right now. Imperatively speaking. And I know that some of you guys will agree with me on this. It is imperatively speaking that Cleveland get at least game two, yeah, or if they go down to o two in this series, they've got they games games two and games three are big time games for Cleveland right now, not only for for the psyche of the team but because but because. This, this series can get away from them and get away from them quick if they don't win two or three games, two or game three. Because, again, Golden State's like Cleveland in a sense. When Cleveland gets on that, on that proverbial roll where they're winning games by 15, 16 points, they carry that momentum to the next game, to the next game, and to the next game. That's where my position came in. If you listen to me on Turntable Thursdays or if you heard some of the things I was saying when I was going live, which I didn't go live, but I did stay on Facebook and Twitter the entire night. Um that's another story for another day. But if you listen to me on those show on the on, on you no, know, in my insights. I felt like if Cleveland got a split. They would roll and win in five because they are a momentum type based team. I felt like if Golden State got a split in the first two games and then they win at least one in Cleveland, they'll win that series in six because they are a team that can rely on everybody on their team. Unlike the Cavs who only rely on eight to nine people to score the score the score. And usually it's that big three. Love, Irving and uh, and that that uh LeBron guy. So I mean we all talk about how <laughs> we all talk about how you know LeBron self destructs in the playoffs, and he does. But, but let's be let's be for real about this. LeBron self destructs in the playoffs. LeBron does things that LeBron doesn't even know he could do in the playoffs. I mean, that he doesn't do in the regular season. I mean, it,
2: it,
1: it, it's funny to me, you know. Listening to it, looking back on it, and seeing what could be, what what really should be, as opposed to what's really, what's the reality. You know, you still got a lot of these Cavs fans, or as I like to call them, the Heat fans, because you're not really Cavs fans. <laughs> you're a Heat fan. And what I mean by heat fan is you're a fan of wherever he at. So if he was with the Lakers, you'd be a Lakers fan. If he was with the Bulls, you'd be a Bulls fan. If you were if he was back with the Heat, you'd be a Heat fan again. I mean, you are a Heat guy. You're not a LeBron guy. You're a Heat guy. Let's just call it the way it is. very, I mean, it's very typical, very typical, but the one thing I liked, though, was that he didn't really, he didn't really blame anybody, he took it, he took it a shot, hey, I salute him for that, but... if they don't win game 2, the series may be over in 4 or 5. I mean, it, it's really it's really up to it's really up to what they really want to do now. I mean, it, it's that it's that simple. Um I mean, we're we're looking at we're looking at a guy who's probably one of the quote-unquote greatest greatest players in, in in the history of the NBA. But he's gonna go down like Jay West, one and eight in the finals. He's gonna be two and five after this after this one. I mean, I, I don't want to say that, but you know, it's looking more and more that way. I mean, let, let's just think about this here. Let's just think about what we're what what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with LeBron. We're dealing with LeBron, who is basically this generation's Peyton Manning the Warriors are gonna be his kryptonite. You no, know, he can't you no know, he can make it out of the first round all day long. And everybody talks everybody talks about ooh, he made out this he made out of, this, out, of this, out of the first round. He's undefeated the first round. I, I you know, me myself, I just slap him, him on him, but tell him good job. I mean what what else what else you want me to say about it? I mean I mean, let, let's just let's just look at it. look at it from this standpoint. You have five leaders on that team. You got five captains on that team, but there's only one face. You know, and I brought up this question a couple of days ago about the face of the NBA. There's no definitive face on the NBA of the NBA. There was an article that said there's no superstars in the NBA right now. said there's a lot of good players but no superstars. I kind of disagree with the superstars aspect of it, but at the same time, I kind of agree that there's really not a superstar. There's not really a face of the NBA. I mean, in the in the nineties you had you had Jordan. Early two thousands you had Kobe and Kobe and Shaq. Mid two thousands you had nobody for real. I mean, Tim Duncan could have been that face. If you looked at it from that standpoint, Tim Duncan could have been that face. Um Vince Carter could have been the face. And you got great players in great markets that have potential to be just megastars in those markets. You look at DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry in, in Toronto. Toronto is probably, next to New York, probably the biggest market. Well, next to New York and L.A., probably the biggest market in North America. But you don't have the TV exposure that you should have with Toronto, because you have because you're playing because ESPN wants to play a lot of Cavaliers games or a lot of a lot of games that really don't really don't make a make a difference. Uh, better yet, I mean, I, I, w- I wish I had somebody to talk to about this. Who who is that? Who is the face of the NBA? Who is that definitive face of the NBA? Who is the definitive? I mean, even even in the NFL, we don't have a definitive a defensive guy in the NFL anymore. I mean, you can argue that Russell Wilson, you know, could be that face. You can argue that that um. Eli Manning could have been the face of, of, the, of the NFL. You can argue that Odell Beckham. I mean, Adrian Peterson. I mean, we're looking, right, we're looking for definitive faces of major sports in in, in, in North America. Who's that definitive face? The MLS had had David Beckham for for six years. Now there's not a definitive face. Unless you look at a guy like a Steven Gerrard or a Didier Jumper, has been. Now, look at the NHL. The faces of the NHL. There's three of them. You know, well, for me, there's four. But there are only two that really matter to me. (laughs) And that's. Justin Taves and it's Patrick Kane. They both play for my my beloved Blackhawks. Those are the two faces for me. I mean, you can also argue Ovechkin. You can also argue Sidney Crosby. You know, so on and so forth. I mean, but for me, it's Patrick Kane. It's Jonathan Taves. They're the steady force. I mean, I don't know how else to, to say that. But there's no definitive faces in the NBA. There's not that defensive face in the, in, in the NBA. And I don't want to use LeBron because LeBron's overused. He's in the Kia commercial and he don't even drive a Kia. Imagine that. <laughs> well, I mean, who's to say that he doesn't drive a Kia? But, you know, point I'm trying to make is that do you picture LeBron driving the Kia? I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. I'm just saying. But at the same time, who could be that future? Who could be the future face of the NBA? I mean, Blake Griffin maybe. Yeah. Damian Lillard maybe. I mean, nobody really talks about Trey Burke, you know. I mean, I guess because he he plays in Utah, you know, and Utah usually plays at like three o'clock in the morning. So, um, but that's another story for another day and please the people of Utah, that was a joke. So please take that as a joke. Thank you. But <laughs> we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. And We're going to jump into the UFC 199 card. Y'all stay tuned.
5: happening right now but with your legacy as well um what is the legacy that you're looking to leave behind that i changed the world and i have fun doing it we all got dreams i keep it rolling because we all got dreams hey i keep it rolling because we all got dreams i keep it rolling because we all got dreams I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. Yeah, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got yeah. The way I see it, it's only me and my team. Motivated by pictures of places I've never been. It's gonna leave the city and searching some better things. My fam and a couple dollars, that's all that's left in my jeans. Ain't accepted by nothing, we gunning by any means. Wide awake on the surface, inside I'm living his dream. Of going city to city with stories of what I've seen. Lost in the translation, of the mind of a human being. I'm riding on life's pavement and trying to find what it means. Fighting for something stronger than bottles of Jimmy Bean. Study the moves of legends from Bob Marley to Queens, but drawin' my inspiration from race against the machine. Sown as a motivation and fuelin' my self-esteem. Could've been stationary, you said all stations I scheme. Brought myself on the road to becoming something something obscene. It's just the sound of a gentleman getting after his dreams. Run it. <laughs> uh, Run, it. Booth right now. Yeah. Run it. Run it see you're going to have to turn that loud down. <laughs> uh. uh. What? Gentleman again after his brain running. Goddamn. Say nothing. Got i keep it rolling cuz we all got dreams i keep it rolling cuz we all got dreams i keep it rolling cuz we all got dreams boy i keep it rolling cuz we all got dreams i keep it rolling cuz we all got dreams yeah i keep it rolling cuz we all got i keep it rolling cuz we all got Let's take it back to 09. Walking for Arizonas, cause none of us have rides. Simple minded some stoners We got nothing but time. Now don't it sound bad? I'm talking back with Cuddy was the soundtrack. Pursuit of happiness, playing, just let it breathe. I'm kicking back with my people. I sweat it's all that I need. was vibe on a planet of simply being at ease. Started searching for freedom and ended up in a trees I'm saying it's nothing. Hardly just replicating a feel. Party until the AM with rhythm, turning the wheels. The trial, the Adelaide lessons, they hella sacred for real, from the way that I'm feeling, it's like I'm living them still, we born to carry the mission, carrying on tradition, introducing what's missing, and young minds that are it, I throw myself on the road of living for higher means, This just the sound of me getting after my dreams, Running. Keep it rolling cause we all got dreams, keep it rolling cause we all
0: got dreams, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams, keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. Keep it rolling cause we all got yo, dreams. Yo 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 keep it cause we all Check got it out. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So my mama, I'ma be a potter before a leader. Let me explain. I'ma use these two hands to create my dreams and begin to fill with the people. I'm out of Caesar. Delegate through my actions. Let my life do the preaching. You gotta mold the clay before you be Ali. Cash in.
5: Lock me the
1: To the press box and the tailgate crew, my name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Now, before we even get started, last night uh, <laughs> the way is for the way is for the for the UFC 199 went on, and um, one of the funniest things I think I've seen in a long time, man. Clay Guida, Brian Ortega. We all know this is going to be a an action fight, but after they weighed in, Plague we had two bananas, <laughs> gave one to, gave one to uh Mr. Ortega. He had one. They ate them together. That was probably the most the the coolest thing I've probably seen in the, in MMA in a long time. But you know it is what it is. But before we before we jump into the UFC 199, I just want I, I want to get some feedback from my man, host of the host of the King and the Underground Media Show, the patriarch of of what we do here, the Live by Terrence Network, my man T Rex. T Rex, what's going
6: on? Hey, what's up, the main event? How you doing today, man?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Now, you know, I I've given my my assessment of game one. Of the NBA Finals, and I've said what I need to say about Game Two of the NBA Finals. Give me your give me your insights on Game One.
6: Well, I actually thought the Cavs was going to steal Game One, but uh, you got to realize the greatest teams of all times in the NBA, and the Golden State Warriors. They are very phenomenal at home. And for Curry and Tumlin to have an off game only combined for 20 points, that just speaks volumes of of their other starters and bench players that stepped up that game. So it's going to be a very competitive series. And the thing about two good teams, it it goes game to game. Just because you get blowed out, one game doesn't necessarily blow it out. Game two, two, four or or however how long the game or the freeze go. So I, I expect Cleveland to come game two and, and you know be ready to play. And it's gonna be a lot more competitive. I haven't picked a winner for game two yet, but it will be more competitive than game one. And I'm I'm sure back for either team.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that. And you know what really surprised me was that in coming into that game, I did I thought that they were going to rely mostly on the perimeter game, but they went high low. They they got a lot of the points in the paint uh, with Harrison Barnes and also with with Draymond Green and and uh, Andrew Bogut who had a big night. You know for Andrew Bogut Sanders.
6: Uh, Bogut he definitely stepped up and then also you got to give kudos to Sean Livingston uh, the, uh, the sc- score a career high 20 points in the playoffs and just his story alone is it, great to see someone rebound oh. from such a horrific injury to be able to contribute like that on a championship team you know and, and, I, and that,
1: that's a definitely good point because Sean Livingston I mean it's just like I said just like I said earlier. I mean, he's got the basketball IQ of of comparatively speaking to a to an MIT grad, you know, where he can pick and he can pick and choose when and how to attack a team or or pick and choose how to have a team react to him. I mean He's gonna be a great coach if he decides to go the, the coaching route because of his because of his basketball like you
6: and and on top of that, you know we we don't have good good long term memory anymore, but you know when he first came into the league, he was and he was looking like he was going to be the next pin in our way he was drafted by the clippers and then like i said, he had that horrific injury I forgot about that but he still ha still has that flash every now and then that hey man this dude could have been great if it mm-hmm. wasn't for, for a leg injury.
1: Let me ask you this. Since we're on this subject Anthony Hardaway and I'm gonna go back to the ages here, I'm gonna go chuck person. Those are three guys that don't have rings. Are those the three best small forwards never to get a ring, shooting guards to never get a ring?
6: The best shooting are, in my opinion, those are some good names that you mentioned. I'm going to go with Mitch Richmond from Golden State. Well, you know, he played with a couple of other teams before uh, the end of his career, Butchman was a great shooting guard, and he got overshadowed by the great Michael Jordan during that time. But Mitch Richmond was was a prolific scorer, and he played very well, even though the Warriors then didn't have the time of the Warriors today. But Mitch Richmond, I will put him on that list as well as one of the best shooting guards, small forwards. That didn't win a ring, and also he's a Hall of Famer too. So you know, I gotta give a salute to Mitch Richmond.
1: This is true, the late Mitch Richmond. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, we look at we look at you uh, know the other question that I had, you well, know, for you the other night was, well, who was the point guard? Who's the best backcourt combination never to win a never to win a championship? And I posed that I posed that in our group. Uh, the other night as well You know Now that you said Mitch Freeman, I mean you can also add Tim Tim Hardaway Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullin That backcourt um, On that list as well I mean along with Stockton Hornacek
6: I, I, I probably would agree with you on Stockton uh, They gave the Bulls Fit in the in the in the two NBA finals that they competed in back in ninety seven ninety eight you know, Of course, you know, Stockton one of the greatest assist man men of all time and and Hornacek, he was a, a a lockdown shooter that can shoot from anywhere. And that you know, of course, you know, you add in Carl Malone, that backcourt was, was pretty good. And and I enjoyed watching them play. You know, Hornacek came from I think he came from the 76ers,
7: mm-hmm.
6: and that that was a a great backcourt. They had they had a very very big basketball IQ to play mm-hmm. well together. It kind of kind of like how firstly they, they feed off each other. One of them get hot or whatever, and it kind of just and then when it when it when it comes to crunch time, you know who gonna have, you know who's gonna have the ball at the end. This is true. This
1: is very true. Very true. You know, and you know, we, we, it, it's like I said. You know, that whole that whole ninety seven, ninety eight Utah Jazz squad. That's probably one of the best squads I think I've ever seen. You know, that didn't win the championship. I mean, the Byron Russells. The, um, I mean, you had a uh, Byron Russell. You had, um, of course, Hornacek. Hornacek and uh Stockton and and also Carl Malone. You know, and I can never remember the center's name that was on that team as well.
6: But Oh, uh, you had Greg oh o- 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 o-
1: o- 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 that's what it was.
6: Yeah. <laughs> he was part of that team. But see, then again, you know, I'm talking about, you know, people long term memory it's kinda gone the way, to the wayside. You have to remember that last season, I think. Utah Jazz had the best record in the NBA, so people was writing the Bulls up even though mm-hmm. they just went off for of, uh, two straight NBA championships, and it was writing them out the way. Well, the Jazz had has a home court advantage now, so it, the Bulls are not going to win, but still one and six. So I kind of kind of look at. I kind of look at. The Golden State team this year—they—they they are very comparable to the the Bulls teams in the, the late nineties, 'cause they got a lot of criticism too. They thought that sense was gonna, um, you know, upset the Bulls, and then of course, the second time around when they played the Utah Jazz, they—they they thought that the Malone was gonna gonna, you know, be that, the the do all of uh, of dynasty by the Bulls.
1: Because I mean, and that was the year that that Malone actually won the MVP that year too, wasn't it? The '98 year was it? Was that '98 or was that
6: '97? I can't recall that. Uh, we're gonna have to look that up and and see. Uh, I want to say, yeah, he won it in '98. But we're gonna find that out in just a moment.
1: Hmm. I mean, uh, and I I just remember. I can't, I, like I said, I can't remember what year it was, but I remember the MVP chance going up in Chicago um, after that, after Michael had a big game and he had like 40, like 44 points in the game. So, I mean, like he, he is just, like, Michael is just Michael. Like, there's nothing else that you can say about him.
6: Yeah, he's, he's probably one of the greatest of all times to play in the NBA.
1: And I don't think anybody will do what Michael did either, ever. I, I don't think that that will ever happen again, where you go six for six in the NBA Finals. I mean, I, just, I just don't see that happening ever again. I mean, I can see you know someone on the six straight NBA Finals and going one or two for two for four uh, two two and three, well two and four in six straight finals. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, no yeah, slight on people. no no slight on on Mr. James there, but you know it just yeah.
6: Yeah, he's two for four right now, and then if if they don't win the series this time around, it's going to be two for six. Cause this, I'm sorry, two, two, two out of five. Well, two for seven. <laughs>
1: mhm. I mean, and, and really, it really, he should be one one and five in in, uh, in the NBA Finals. I mean, let's think about this. If it wasn't for Ray Allen, if it wasn't for Ray Allen. I I'll just say that he would never he really never got but one ring with that great team that they quote unquote put together.
6: Yeah, I was <laughs> I would have worn that because the funny thing about that they they had already rolled the uh trophy into the uh locker room. Well, actually, they had put the plaster up because they had the champagne celebration, so they had all the champagne bottles in in the Spurs locker room and then <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. somehow the Heat managed to cut the lead down and then Ray Allen hit the point the story that I heard uh when they, he hit that three-pointer they hurried up and went back in the Spurs locker room took the plaster down and rolled the bottles of champagne. You know? <laughs> yeah, that
1: that was that was the uh the story I got as well. And uh looking up the um uh, the MVP for uh the MVPs for Carl Malone. He actually won two MVPs. He won in ninety seven and he won in ninety nine. So
6: Yeah, so he was the the second championship that the Bulls won and, mm-hmm. in that second three three-peat.
1: Right. So I mean, you know, I I, I don't know, and I mean like I, I really I'm really am looking forward to game two. I wanna see my my keys to game two is this. LeBron, well, Kyrie has to be the Kyrie of early in the playoffs. Especially the Kyrie that, that we saw in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the Kyrie we need to see. LeBron needs to step up and he needs to get dirty. He needs to dive on the ground, not flop on the ground, act like he got hit, got shot by a dang 50-cow bullet. But just get down and get dirty. I think Tristan Thompson is still the X factor. And he did show up at times on the offensive side of the ball, but he needs to up on the defensive side of the ball as well. And we also need to see Timothy, Timothy Moscow play a little bit more for the for the Cavaliers.
6: Yeah, I agree with you, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, I mean, you know, and, you know, for the Warriors, I think the Warriors need to need to continue what they're doing. They need the a bench presence. But they also need for Steph and, and Clay to step up and, and knock down shots because there was a game, it was part of that game where, where the game looked like it was starting to get away from them in, early in that first half.
6: I was talking to uh Cordier and um Deontay last night, whoever it was else in the living room about the difference between the um the Big Three of Cleveland and the Big Three of Miami. You know, Wade and Bosch, they they they, they were part of winning teams before LeBron came into the picture. Of course, uh-huh. you know, Wade won that championship in two thousand six and then Bosch He actually got Toronto into the playoffs when he was uh, a rapture. But the flip side of that, Kyrie and Love never played on a winning team. Even though they were the best player, they were putting up monster numbers, they never had that winning mentality. So even though on paper it appears that LeBron has upgraded from Wade and Bosh, even though Wade and Bosh will be future Hall of Famers, and they are probably now on the on the down side of their career, which you look at Kyrie and Love, you know they still in in their prime years, but they they haven't mm-hmm. been winners, so it's it's hard to ask them to come in and play uh, the elite level when you're competing for a championship when they had never won before. So you're gonna see Kyrie take 21 shots. And not pass the ball, and love not playing the defense, and, and jack threes the entire game because that's who they are. This, so is,
1: this is a so they, this is a very good point. Go on.
6: And you got to be born with you got to be born with with a killer instinct. You can't teach anybody how to be a, a, a you know assassin on a basketball court that's gonna be play relentless. Like Draymond Green, he gets a lot of. Criticism, I criticize him at times But to to me He's a modern day Dennis Rotman Who can shoot the ball And, and of course do everything else Dennis Rotman Could have scored, he was a scorer In college before he came to the pros But he just focused on defense and rebounding I mean, uh-huh. He was an excellent power. Draymond Green takes it to another level He played relentless, you can't teach that Even though he gets under people's skin and, You know, he dudes In the groin and all that stuff like that just rule that stuff out. You want somebody like that's going to be relentless, especially when especially when you got a championship squad or you trying to compete for wins. You got a better chance to stand on the court longer with someone like that on your team than someone like Kyrie and Love when they when they only just focusing on padding their stats.
1: Yeah, you know, I, and and I and I definitely agree on on that. And one of the other things to go along with your point is that you've got a scrapper on the Warriors team in Draymond, like you have a scrapper on Cleveland's team in Della, in della Vadova. When those two forces combine themselves on the basketball court, you, you tend to see a little bit of chaos. And you saw a little bit of that in game one where, you know, the whole Eagle Dollar della Dova thing happened and the, the, the kick, from uh, Draymond Green you start to see that and is there bad blood in that? not necessarily but you can see where the potential for it to be there
6: yeah I I, I really think James has his his plate full because he's going to end up at the end carrying this team again and it's too much on him. He is the best player in the league. I give him that. Forget the MVPs. He's not about four or five MVPs. Mm-hmm. But he don't, still, he don't need an MVP to know that he's the greatest player in the NBA. But at the same time, you can't carry an entire team by yourself. Even though, like I said on paper, Kyrie and Kevin Love are a great addition to have on your team and, and form a bit three. But they are not winners. You gotta have a winner mentality You can go out there and go through the motions and score all day But when it comes down to crunch time Who do, who does James Really have to depend on
1: This is a good point This is a very good point With the whole free agency With the whole free agency market coming out This season Do mm-hmm. you think the Cavaliers will go into free agency You know They're gonna get rid of the of the big salary that Moskov has we all know this This. Does this mean that they go and get another big name player to go along with the big three? Or is it necessary that they do that?
6: They need a marginal player, someone that can step up and play like a superstar in some games, and and someone that can be a role player. Uh, 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 I say a a better J.R. Smith someone that's not as streaky as he is, but someone that can come down and knock knock down the shots and you can depend on. Cause J.R. Smith didn't show up. That's kind of that, that's that's who J.R. Smith is. He'll he'll come and drop thirty on you and then next game he'll probably score five. But you need somebody that's in between that can at least give you ten to fifteen points a game, play some great defense and and be able to step up when the, the lights are bright. When you are the only show going at the moment, you, you gotta you need somebody that's gonna step up. Kyrie and, and, and uh love, they still got time to to learn that. But I think they need a marginal player that doesn't crave to be a superstar, but they're gonna come out there and play their butt off.
1: Well, you know, you got a guy like Terrence Ross, who can't opt out this year. And you also have a guy like a uh, like a Jeff Teague out there, who's more of a point guard than than the shooting guard, but can give you valuable points when he needs to. Is is that a good fit for Cleveland, or do they need another guy like a Kevin Love who's a stretch four or you no know, or stretch three?
6: See, I, I look at Cleveland like OKC. You got two great point guards, but when it comes to crunch time, you need someone that's going to distribute the ball. I know I was I was speaking the other day here about Mike Conley Jr. If you had like a Mike Conley Jr. that, that that can run the point for OKC or Cleveland to where you can make Kyrie or Westbrook shooting guards in crunch time. That would be much better because they are better decision makers and they can break down the defense. And they're not looking to, to necessarily score when, when they have the ball. They're looking to get everybody else involved. And I think that's what's missing from Cleveland. If they have someone that that, that is almost top ten level point guard, that can pass the ball and get everybody involved in crunch time, that'll be a better fit than uh, someone like Jeff T. Even though the rumors are saying Jeff T might be going to Philadelphia for uh um um no, North no North yeah which Atlanta definitely need a rim protector on that point. But someone like a Mike Conley Jr. that can come in and facilitate, that's who that's who they would need in crunch time. You know, beginning of the game, yeah, it, it might be okay to have point, a scoring point guard that's trying to get points and stuff because you do need you need to outscore the team to win, of course. But when it comes down to crunch time, the fourth quarter, you're you down by 10 or you're up by five or whatever, you need someone that can distribute the ball and get those guys open because those guys are very athletic enough to create their own shot. But you need someone that has a, a very high point guard IQ to be able to, to run that system and, and help them win.
1: Well, with the possibility of Sean Livingston being a being one of those cap casualties at at a Golden State, seeing that there what they may have to do with restructuring the deal with with uh with Steph Curry to resign Harrison Barnes and uh, Draymond Green is is Sean Livingston a casualty of that or be I mean, I know he's got another year left on his deal, but to cut cap room, would you let a guy like him go?
6: Well, the way he played in game one, he's going to get a lot of GMs knocking on the Warriors' door to try to pry him away, in a, probably in a trade or something. and That might be something to consider for Cleveland or anybody else that, that's competing for a championship. That's if the Warriors are trying to get rid of Sean Livingston. Uh, they don't because they need someone like him, a different dynamic to a backup Steph Curry. But the way he's playing, he's gonna, it's gonna, I don't really don't know if he's going to be part of the Warriors after this season because, like I said, his stock is rising, even though his ceiling, he has reached his ceiling because, you know, in terms of age and injuries. But he could still be a, a very good contributor for a championship team. Or playoff you
1: know, one. and you know, and the thing about and the thing about uh Sean Livingston is he's only he's only like thirty what thirty two, thirty three years old if I'm not mistaken. Ah, uh,
6: sure, I ain't know him that though. <laughs> I mean, he's been, he's been you know in, he came the in the league. Or? You know, you came to leave from um out of high school. Uh, he's thirty. I mean, he's thirty
1: yeah,
6: years he's, old. Yeah, he's I mean, thirty. Yeah, he's still. He looks good, man. Like I say, he he, he only counts uh, five point three million against the salary cap, and I think he still has a good five years left for him that he could play
1: uh, mm-hmm. at, at that level,
6: of coming off the bench or you know being a marginal starter.
1: I mean, we all saw what he could do as a starter, you know, in, the, in round two. So, I mean, this is a guy who yeah i mean five five million 5.3 to the cap which is a good thing you know one year left on his deal i mean that that's one of those things you know would you like i would love i would love for the warriors to keep him. i would also love for the bulls to to see if they could get something in regards to him i mean to go along with With Dougie McBucket to go along with Jimmy Butler to go along with, um, with, with, um, Derrick Rose if they decide to keep Derrick Rose. And I think Derrick Rose is a free, free agent after next year. So,
6: yeah. And, um, I know Butler probably feel kind of bad. Cause he, you know, you signed that five-year, ninety-million-dollar deal, but you know the salary is about to go, explode after this season. So now he's not making the kind of money he should be making with with the other stars that's going to get big pay raises. Uh, I've been hearing rumors about Butler a possible uh, trade to Boston for Avery Bradley and some and some more players from their team. And a first-round
1: draft pick for for this year and next year, if I'm not mistaken, right?
6: Right. And see, they got the number three pick. And see, Boston, Boston is also looking at Al Horford from uh Atlanta. So, they get Al and, and Jimmy Butler in Boston. Boston is going to be a con- contender.
1: They go along with Kelly and, um, and Marcus uh, Smart. That, that, would be a great, that would be a great and formidable, formidable team.
6: Right. And I know both of us being Chicago Bulls fans, I know we're going through a rebuilding phase. But right. if, Boston made, if Boston made this this trade. Cleveland, <laughs> they're gonna have them to worry about. besides always, you know, sweeping through the east and facing whoever's oh, coming out the west, they're gonna have a problem with Boston. You no,
1: know, and here, here's a, here's another question. You know, if that if that trade happens, what do you do with a guy like uh? What do you do with with guys like Toss Gibson, and also um um. Jokey him, Noah. I mean, what do you do with those guys? I mean, do you go and try to get a get a guy like a Terrence Ross or Kyle Lowry who could be free agent bait, who could, you know, opt out this season? I mean...
6: See, like, people like Noah, uh, he's a good energy player. Uh, he, he'll be good for someone other than the Bulls because evidently the Bulls are looking in another direction. And I think it was disrespectful to have him come off the bench this past season, and that that kind of rubbed Noah the wrong way. And I could see him getting picked up by uh, a championship-contending team, where he probably can come off the bench there. But at least he knows that he playing behind someone that that's better than him, and not a, you know a shot to him coming off the bench when you starting. Or oh, Mieratic uh, or somebody like that. Now that that was a that was disrespectful. You know, a couple of years ago, you know, Noah finished in the top four for the MVP race, mm-hmm. and then to go from that to coming off the bench because you want to generate more offense. You need some. You need energy players. You need energy players like Noah, and you know players like Green, because those are the ones that can help you get over the hump.
1: Oh, this is true. This is very, very true, and hopefully a guy like Joe Kim Noah can stay with the Bulls because I, I love, I love his passion. I love the way that he play. He plays. I love the way that he. It's just, it's just he's just a different type of player. I mean, he can give you the fifteen, eighteen foot shots. I mean, he shoots like, I mean, he shoots like a, um, <laughs> like a Bill Cartwright. But you know, he. He makes
6: the shots when he can make them. So, yeah, he he he's, he's really, he used to be relentless. I know he all those injuries kind of slowed him down, but he's still a good quality center that you need to protect the paint. Even though now you got stretch fives, you know you got your small fours and your power fours playing the the five position now.
1: Mm-hmm like a Paul Gasol, who is a true four but can get but can get down low and play center if he had to. I just I, I like the direction that Horberg is going, but I, I, I think that with the injuries of Joe Noah, I think that's what slowed down the development between that coach play relationship between Noah and Horberg. I I mean if
6: that if that makes sense, yeah, I, I mean that makes sense. But it, it's it's more have to, it more have to do with the uh, front office. You know, you got Gar and uh, also Jim Patson. Those guys need if if they're gonna bring Noah back or gonna keep this team together, they're gonna have to mend a lot of fences because. The Bulls' front office is notorious for running people away. You know, they, they gave Michael Jordan a hard time. He's
8: uh-huh.
6: probably one of the best players of all time. But they gave him a hard time And Scottie Pippen, It's just, I guess it's just the nature, the nature of, of, of the Chicago Bulls' front office. But if they can keep those guys together and somehow go back to kind of how they used to play, they grimy, dirty, defensive type. Yes, I mean, that, that offensive stuff is not gonna work with you. you got a bunch of defensive players. And uh I know we was talking about you was talking about Todd Gibson. See, Gibson he 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 reminds me of Noah too, someone that's that's gonna put on a hard hat, clock in, go to work, doesn't complain, gonna play hard the entire game. you need you need players like that. You need players like
1: Man, that. and, and Typson is a two is a true two way player too. So I mean he can give you he can give you sixteen and ten all day long. But I mean, he can also give you a block and a half and two blocks a game as well.
6: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I don't want to see none of those guys leave, but I know it's a business too, so you know, if they feel like they can um, go somewhere else and contribute and of course um uh, make more money I, I I support them fully.
1: Yeah, I salute them and, and uh you know I salute you uh for for um uh, for everything you've done. Um uh, tell me what's on the agenda for for T Rex and the Live by Terrence Network here in the next couple of weeks.
6: Uh basically just trying to do all the admin stuff, trying to tie in uh Business relationships, so we can uh continue to grow the network. I have been on the air in, in quite a while, but I'm' we doing all the the behind the scenes stuff just trying to uh get more eyes on our network and also continue to do what we do best and that that, that is uh do podcasts and you know promote uh, artists and sports uh talent these people of all walks of life. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And that's, that's pretty much, pretty much it for me, man. <laughs> hey,
1: and I, and I want to give a special shout out to, to my man, T-Rex, uh, the admin, Wendy, uh, Casey Cordier, the whole fam, you know, thanks for letting me be a part of this. And again, you know, like I said earlier, uh, in, in, in the tribute to uh Muhammad Ali. This is this is a movement, you know, this is something that you know we look to help, not you know, we look to help as well as as show the world what we can do. Because this is this is more than just this is more than just sports for us. This is more than just music. This is showing our love for everything and everybody that's involved.
6: Amen to that, the main event. Uh, I just want to say thank you, man, for allowing me to be on the show. Um, I just wanted to come on and talk with you for a few minutes.
1: Hey and I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that a lot. And uh we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna preview UFC one ninety nine and also give a couple shout outs to some guys who's fighting tonight. So y'all stay tuned. <laughs> I'm going to go
5: Cuban machine guns. So bada boom, what's love? Come on. Take the pressure off On skylines I can level up I put my ego on the edges of clouds Until I let them dry Hitting the ground, good riddance The boy red with sand and my mood shifted Young nights with parties and new women Regardless of the crowds, I'm thinking we too different Cause they end up for recognition, we end up for love Cursing the dollar to the point that I'm getting me some Miles above what was supposed to be out of my brain Ironic cause I thought about jumping the gun, buying bullets with the peace signs on them Running from the witness to the whole path on us Running and still, never forgetting where I came from It's one love and one fan, so the game's one well, We ain't the same, son The limit, so you know you just keep on, yeah, you keep
7: on pressing on. The sky is the limit, so you know you just keep on, yeah, you keep on pressing on. The sky is the limit, so you know you just keep on, yeah, you keep on pressing on.
5: Living, man. Do what you love, and focus on what you care about, and who you care about. And on and on and on, we pressing on and on and on. And one more time before we're up out of here, give it up for the beautiful lyric of Jada. pressing on and on and on oh, oh, oh. we gone
1: Day crew, my name is Jermaine. Shout out to my man Connor Cassidy and that beautiful voice that's called Lyrica Jada. Uh, that's the sky's the limit, you uh, Jumping back into jumping back into everything that's UFC. UFC 199 tonight. Again, this is this is a 10 week odyssey for the UFC. 14 events in 10 weeks, culminating with with you know after after UFC 200, 201, the big card with uh, with Holly Holm. And this next person that we're about to talk about, Valentina Shevchenko, um, got caught in some crossfire at a restaurant, uh, this weekend, um, in Lima, where she trained, where she lives and trains at, out of now. And, um, uh, her, her manager was okay. Her trainer was shot, uh, but she was uninjured. She, she escaped uninjured. And she did say that her fight would not be affected with Holly Holm would not be affected by this fight by by these uh circumstances. Uh, very very glad to to hear that she that she is okay. Um probably one of the be- one of the best fights of the year in women's MMA in all of women's MMA uh will happen on July twenty third as they headline the the Fox card in Chicago. So um Really excited about that. Now we we'll jump into UFC 199 and top to bottom, 199, 200, 201, 202, and 203, along with the live cards that are going to be on Fox and Fox, Fox Sports One. Hands down, this is probably if if you're if you're an MMA fan or you're a UFC fan, you want to stay tuned to watch these. For the next <laughs> for the next ten weeks, um, uh, what the next seven weeks, as they've had card after card the last three weeks here, um, uh, the next eight the next eight weeks, you know, here on, on TV, I'm telling you, the, the prelims, the 199 prelims are at eight o'clock tonight, and the first fight on those prelims is my man Cole Miller, um, a guy that I've known since he was 17 years old. Um, Actually met him. I met his brother Micah, who's also a fighter, um, and and his father. We they uh, we've all we've all known each other from our days with with a fight team called Praxis out of Griffin, Georgia. Cole being from Macon, there was a practice in in, in uh, Macon. He would always come to he would always come to Griffin, train with up train with all the guys, him and his brother Micah, and. Cole's one of those guys who he's just a special guy. He he lives he lives, he breathes MMA. Um, injuries over the last few years have have really uh taken him down taken him down, but you know, he's at a good he's at a good place right now. Um and he's at a good weight for himself. I mean, at six you know, one, no, one forty five at, at one forty five, you no know, it's a good weight for him. And uh, he's fighting a guy like Alex Casares, um, who we all know as Bruce Leroy, uh, ultimate fighter winner. Um, you know, Cole Miller comes from, comes from just a family full of fighters. Like I said, his father was a fighter. Um, I, I like Cole Miller in this fight. Cole Miller is a well-rounded guy. <laughs> he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, really long arms. Does not look powerful, but when he gets those long limbs going and he gets going, he gets moving, and he's focused on the fight and not focused on what has happened during the fight, he becomes a monster. And what I mean by that is when he's on, he's really on. And um, Alex Casares, real rounded. Those heavy kicks, those really good punches, can submit people just as well. But he's also a grinding them out fighter. So um, I like to see I like to see what what styles going to take over most. Is it going to be a stand up war like normal for Colt for Alex Casseras, where he likes to throw hits, he likes to throw leg kicks, and likes to throw punches, um, grapple from time to time if he has to. Um, you know, this is one of those, one of those fights that you just just really want to just want to watch. Um, moving on, we, we you know, women's fight Jessica gonna Jessica Andrade. I, honestly, I'm so looking forward to this fight because you've got two great women's fighters at 115 both of these both of these ladies are looking to get themselves, you know, into contention to fight the winner of, of Joanna Jajadovich and um and uh Godella um which is that which is a fight that is actually in three weeks. It's on the, it's one of those one of those cards, um the week of UFC two hundred. So um really excited to see this fight here. These are two women who are just they're just dangerous. Um, Penne likes to wrestle. She will wrestle. Andrade loves to wrestle. She will wrestle. But Andrade uses her wrestling to set up her jujitsu, which sets up her ground and pound. Um, And that's the same with Jessica Penne. Jessica Penne, she's a taller fighter. Um in a sense, she's about five six, five seven. Um, sorry, five, yeah, right around the five, five six, five seven area range. She's a tall, one hundred fifteen. She's a tall star weight. And what makes Jessica Penne so different is that she can stand up. She can she can stand up and throw kicks with you all day. She loves to bang, but. She's really slow off the mark, whereas this Andrade is all action all the time. It's almost scary to see what kind of fight this is gonna end up being. And I like I like to see this capinet. I I wanna see what she can do standing up. I wanna see what she can do um off her back because she is she's got great she's got great jujitsu off her back. So just this is one of those fights that you just love to wanna watch to see. Darushabik is the same way. Um got two wrestlers who love got two wrestlers uh, who can stand up and bang. They will stand up and bang with anybody any given day. Um Daryl is getting trying to try to posture himself into a top into a top five. James Vic, on the other hand, trying to find his way. Whether he fights at one fifty five, whether he fights at one seventy, he's fought at both. He's looked good at both. He's nine and zero. Um, with, with Darush, he's he's ready to step up to the big time. And with James Vick, he's ready to step his game up and to posture himself up to be a top fifteen fighter. This is a, this is one of those fights where if you blink, you'll see somebody go to sleep. You blink, you'll see somebody get submitted. You blink, you may just fall asleep at times. You know, with these two guys. I mean, this is a very good fight to to on paper. Um but at the same time these are two great guys who do two great things. They like to stand up, they like to bang, they like the they like the they like to stand up, they like to bang. So, uh, it's gonna be real fun to see what happens in this fight. Um moving forward, Clay Guida, uh, Brian Ortega, this is gonna be an all action all the time type of fight. Um I'm really just ready to watch this fight as a whole. Clay Guida um, looks like a freaking caveman. He looks like the caveman from from the Geico commercials, like no lie. Um, He and Brian Ortega, they're going to put on the show. Both of these guys can stand up and bang with anybody. I love to watch this fight. I love to see what these two guys can do uh, with each other. Clay Guido, you know, moving down from 55 to 45 has been a bit of a challenge, but at the same time, he he's up for the challenge. and I can, I, I love to see what he and Brian Ortega are going to do. This has Fight of the Night written all over it. Uh, moving to the main card, Dustin the Diamond Poirier and Bobby Green, this is this is a fight. This is a fight of your candidate as well. These are two guys who if you, if you blink Again, if you blink, they will knock you out. If you know you go to the ground with these guys, they love. They both love the guillotine choke. They both love the red naked chokes. Uh, Dustin Poirier probably a little bit more pissed on the ground than, than Bobby Green, but Bobby Green has just got punching power personified. So does Dustin Poirier. Uh, very interesting to see what kind of fight what kind of fight this is going to end up being. Is it going to be the stand up fight? Is it going to be a ground fight is not gonna be just a straight wrestling, just a straight wrestling match. You know, both of these guys they're very, very, very well-rounded, and rounded and we will love to see what these guys can do. This is a big fight at 155. You know, as they both are trying to posture themselves to get into the top ten. So, um, so I'm really excited to see this fight. Dan Henderson, Hector Lombard, Hector Lombard. Going back up to eighty five after after spending a couple of years at seventy where he had missed results, not really sold on this fight per se. Dan Henderson um lands big punches. Um big right hand. Hector Lombard can do pretty much everything. He's got he's got big leg kicks. he's got big punches, got punching power in both hands. This is this is a the type of fight that if Hector Lombard actually uses, what, got him, uses what, what gets him to the to the show to the dance, which is which is his wrestling and his and his, his kicks, um, he's got a chance to knock out Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson, all he does is throw all he does is throw big big hands. Um, you won't see him you won't see him go go to a decision very often. But if he does, he's gonna grind him. He's gonna grind you out. So this is gonna be a good fight as well. Um, moving forward, Ricardo Lamas, Max Holloway. This is one of the biggest fights in 145 of the year. This is this is one of those fights where, if and when Conor McGregor decides to to, to um, either relinquish the title or defend the title, he's got these two guys to defend, to, to go against. Matt Holloway, Ricardo Lamas, really excited to see this fight. This is one of those fights that's got that's really just one of those those fights that you just want to just watch and see. This is this is that fight. Um, Matt Holloway, you know, it's been rumored that if he wins, he'll get a title shot. You know, again, yet to be seen. Moving forward. Cruz, Faber, Rockhold, Bisping. These are two fights, two guys that don't like each other. Two guys, four guys that don't like each other. Both title fights. I like Faber against Cruz. I like I like Rockhold over Bisping. Those are my those are my stats. I want to give a special thanks to to everybody involved in, in the show. And uh, hopefully everybody has a great weekend. Um, <laughs> and let's go tailgating.
5: Yeah man. Hey yo T, I think uh I think we can keep this one slow. Make it easy to ride to. Yeah. You know sometimes I look around and I think like maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find
2: something.
5: Oh I can't. You can't save me, no. But I can try, right? <laughs> Yeah.
2: But
0: well, what then?
5: You know that ain't so bad. Yeah. I saw a girl, I love her, you stand on your own. But you ain't gotta deal with these cameras alone. From the beginning, see, I learned how to manage my own. Became the boy and then I turned to a man on my own. The lone wolf for the pack, moving through hella crap. Down to earth, so it's only natural, I hold you down. Now you the one I picture when I roam around And the summer I'm falling for you is going down Yeah, staying stuck in this season of mine And I've been shining to the point that my reason is blind Think I'm the one, that that's just something I'm reaching to find Out of control, but yo, that shit that I've still been denying Yeah, the lights down, but we staying up And looking back where I started, my only way is up Weighted the world, but I lived it before the weight is up And still myself the one and only that I came to trust Now that's some crazy luck yeah, let it rock But you want some soul shit
2: Yeah
5: And she just keeps saying You
2: can't rescue me
5: oh, nah. You can't save me, no You know what, maybe you're right Friday, shut yeah. Whipping through the horizon my time and it's something better than it's ever been. They call me Wolfie from how I'm plying on hella biz. Hip hop's alive and I'm here to show you the evidence. Back to the war where I started back in the day. I was pushing maximum effort and pulling minimum weight. want to show the all those around me that I can stand on my own. Now swear I'm afraid of nothing. I'm screaming after the phone while well, I'm busy pulling my fam up an animal. How I ran up the standards of how we living. It's funny they pull the
6: camera. To picture how I'ma get it when years I've been in my zone and you just how I started by killing this on my own. My word is my bond and I'm just out on my own.